What's up, everybody? This is your main man, Tyler, here with the Around the Bases podcast. Here to recap week one and the action that we might see here in week two, as well as get you the individual and team stat leaders through the first week of the season. Um, a little bit of a uh, little bit of housekeeping here. Um, for the six conferences that hadn't released their preseason uh, poll, um, released theirs after the my last week's recording. So the West Coast Conference picked BYU as their conference preseason champion. That makes sense to me. Um, but like I said, I think Loyola Marymount can at least push them for that title, especially after the uh, the week that both teams had. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on to the Horizon League, they picked Oakland as their preseason champion. Um, don't really know a lot about the Horizon League and Oakland, the Oakland Grizzlies, um, but we'll see how they do during the season. The Mid-American Conference picked Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, as their preseason champion. I pretty much expected this. It was going to be them or Kent State. Those are the two best teams in the MAC in recent years, and that's what makes sense to me. And then the last one, the Ivy League picked the Columbia Lions as their preseason champion. Um, again, I don't know much about the Ivy League or Columbia. Uh, but they were pricked as the last preseason champion that they that they released in the twenty before the twenty twenty season since they didn't play last season. Um, but they picked uh, Columbia as their preseason champion. So that leaves us with two conferences, and I'm at this point I'm pretty confident the Big Ten isn't going to release a preseason conference poll since they've already played games at this point. Um, but the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference still, I think, could release theirs before they play games um, this, I believe, this weekend. So I will be on the lookout for that. And if they do happen to you know, uh, let it be known, then I'll add it to next week's recording. But I don't really see either of them at this point um, releasing a preseason conference poll, given that the season has now started. Um, but let's, those things out of the way, let's go ahead and recap the first week. Um, it's late at night, so I'm going to try to get through these as quick as possible. Charlotte opened up the season with a 10-7 slugfest win over Virginia. Courtney Gramillion hit a three-run homer in a sixth-run bottom of the second to open her account for the season. Charlotte, if you may remember from last week, was picked as the Conference USA champion, a preseason champion, so it's good to see them getting a win over a Power 5 team, even if it is Virginia. Um... But Virginia's getting better. They're, they're not there yet, but they're getting they're starting to get on the rise. Uh, but Paige Smith's homer, double, and five RBIs led Ole Miss to an 
10 to 1 five inning smashing of Dixie State. Miranda Stoddard goes the distance distance in the circle to give Kentucky the 5 to 2 win over Wisconsin in the first ever game of the Northern Lights Southern Knights tournament. And that's certainly an excellent excellent, excuse me, resume building win for Kentucky. Even though the Big Ten, I think, is the weakest of the Power Five conferences in softball, it's Wisconsin's always been a decent team and typically makes the tournament on a majority of occasions. Um, so this is a good win for Kentucky to put on their resume as they move throughout the season. Taylor Roby's three-run home run in the top of the seventh lifted Louisville past Florida Atlantic in the second game of their doubleheader. Um, Louisville took both of those games. Uh, the score is not really a huge deal there, um, but um, it's good to see Louisville is, you know, starting to make strides. Emily Young's two-run homer in the top of the eighth, as well as an RBI single in the first, led Stanford past Middle Tennessee State 3-1. to And Stanford's receiving votes in one of the major polls, so I, maybe Stanford's a team that's worth watching moving forward. Um, honestly, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. I think I have a couple of their games on my week two schedule, but um, we'll get to that later. Valerie Cagle, you remember her, loved her for, for, with Clemson last season. She had a double, a home run, and six RBIs that led Clemson in their 11 to nothing five-inning win at Florida Gulf Coast. A little bit more about Florida Gulf Coast later, but... Um, <laughs> Valerie Cagle opened the season the only way she knows how. Comes out of the gates hot. Very hot. Shannon Doherty came in the clutch with a walk-off home run to lift Central Florida over at the time number 19 Georgia in the best game of opening night by far. Um, Georgia's 10 walks Ultimately is what did them in in their first game without their ace, Mary Wilson Avant. She was the one that carried the load for them. She was always the one that would eat up innings and play in big spots. Um, and on opening night, Georgia's pitching just it didn't look like they were they had the confidence. Um but as the weekend went on, they got better, and I think that's reflected in more of these recaps as we go on. Oklahoma opened their repeat national championship campaign, scoring nine runs in the first at UC Santa Barbara. Jordan Ball, or excuse me, as they call her, Jordy Ball, Nicole May, and Hope Troutwain combined for the five-inning perfect game. Jocelyn Allo hit a grand slam to move closer to the all-time home run record. T.R.A. Jennings had two home runs and three RRBIs to join in in the offensive party. 
Freshman Olivia Johnson's triple two homers and five RBIs led Washington to the 12-2 win over Lamar down in Puerto Vallarta. So, freshman Olivia Johnson is making a early case for freshman of the year by far. Um, now, we'll see if she can keep that production up that she had on opening weekend throughout the rest of the season. But she's certainly off to a great start. Um, four players had three or more RBIs in Arizona's 22-1 win, five-inning win over Southern Utah in their first game without coach uh, Mike Kendrea. And it was a great way for them to open the Kendrea Classic. But that things may be more tempered, and I'll get to that later. Mia Trejo's three-run homer in the bottom of the fourth was the difference in UNLV's 5-3 win over BYU. Honestly, I was surprised to see this result. I didn't think that... Um, I thought BYU coming into this season was going to be one of those very decent mid-majors that could make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Do I still believe that? Yes, absolutely. But uh, this... It certainly was a shock to see that, um, and it was opening night. I mean, not going to make a too big deal out of anything just yet. Um, I might jump to some overreactions and things of, of that sort, but that's, you know, it just it caught me by surprise, this result. Maggie Balance, 13 strikeouts led. San Diego State passed Middle Tennessee State 3-1 as Middle Tennessee State certainly gave a strong showing on opening night. I don't know how good Middle Tennessee State's going to be on the year, um, but this was certainly a strong start to their campaign. They certainly showed out against some powered teams. McKenna Clothermis threw a one-hit 15 strikeout shutout as Oregon took down Ole Miss 3-0 down in Fullerton, California. Or over in Fullerton, California, I guess I should say. Big win for Oregon. Um, I think Ole Miss had a very lackluster weekend, shall we say. And I'll get more into that a little bit later. Haley Busby's three-run homer in the top of the third was the difference as Oklahoma State opened the season with a 5-2 win over Arizona State as they staved off a late rally. So Oklahoma State picked up a very decent resume win, building win over Arizona State on opening night. And I think that's going to be very helpful towards their case towards hosting a regional and possibly a super regional. UCLA one-upped Oklahoma by scoring 13 runs in the first inning. Three players had three or more RBIs to lead the number three team in the nation over California State Northridge in their opener of the season. And now to and to kick off Friday, UNCG or Greensboro stayed close with Tennessee, but Ashley Rogers allowed only one hit and threw nine strikeouts to give Tennessee the four to nothing win. So give credit to UNCG, the preseason Southern Conference champions. They gave Tennessee a heck of a fight. 
and I think UNCG is a mid-major that team the nation needs to be watching more of and getting familiar with because they could do some make some noise come late in the season. Uh, Kiki Malloy hit an RBI single that lifted Tennessee over Maryland two to one. Tennessee ultimately they did they won every game they played this weekend, but um, you know it's they just didn't seem all that impressive throughout the weekend. I think as long as Ashley Rogers is pitching, I think Tennessee will be fine. But, you know, that's you think these things and then things change. It's part of the game. Um, Penn State nearly pulled off the upset of the season thus far by taking Mizzou, Missouri, to extra innings. Only to have Kimberly worked hit a walk-off single for the 2-1 to eight-inning win. And Missouri's tough day, a uh, tough opening day, continued as they were upset by UConn six to two. I have very well stated and believed that UConn is a very good team. And although later that day Rachel Lewis hit a grand slam as Northwestern cruised past UConn eight to nothing, but I still think UConn is a very dangerous team. And I'm very interested to see what they do in week two, as I have a few of their games on the week two schedule that I'm highlighting. But we'll get to that. Alex Storacco fired 18 strikeouts to open the season in Michigan's 4-1 win over Illinois State. Abby Sweet hit her second homer of the game in the top of the seventh to save Notre Dame in their 4-3 win over Boston University. And Boston University very easily could have won. So this was a good showing for them early in the season as the favorites in the Patriot League early. Uh, later that day, Corey Henderson hit a walk-off double to lift Charlotte past Boston University at home 2-1. to one. So again, Boston University had a pretty good day. Iowa took down Liberty 7 to nothing, and then Aaron Koffel's two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth, lifted Kentucky past Liberty 3-1. to And Liberty, as of right now when I'm recording, early Wednesday morning, Liberty is 0-5. They've had a very rough weekend, but they've played really good teams, and I know they'll get back on track this weekend with some of the teams they're playing down in Florida. Peyton St. George threw a three-hit, nine-strikeout shutout of Oklahoma State to give Duke the huge 4 nothing win. Monster resume builder for Duke. All their runs came off of three home runs. Later that day, Cheyenne Factor walked it off for Oklahoma State to give them the 4-3 to win over Utah to avoid having a two-loss day. Lindy Ray Davis's three RBIs lifted Georgia past Longwood 4-2, making sure the Lancers didn't upset them like they did at Georgia last season. Taylor Ellsworth's three-run double it tied the game in the bottom of the seventh, then Ryland Hedgecock walked it off in the eighth for Arkansas 
in their 4-3 eight-inning win over Memphis. Later that day, Olivia Johnson hit a three-run walk-off homer for the run rule as Washington rolled past Arkansas 8 to nothing in six innings. So that doesn't look good for Arkansas on their resume, but they had to play that game, see what they had, and it didn't come out great for them so far. Virginia Tech held off a late furious rally by Wisconsin to get the win 5-4, and then Keely Rochard's 15 strikeouts led Virginia Tech past Northwestern 3-2 later that day. Virginia Tech, meanwhile, is 5-0, so they're off to a very good start. They're ranked 8th in the major polls right now, so Virginia Tech is a team that could very easily be hosting a Super Regional this year, but we'll see how the season plays out. You never know what can happen. Jada Kearney's sack fly in the bottom of the 5th was the difference in Georgia's 3-2 win over Minnesota. Later that day, Autumn Pease shut down UCF's offense as Minnesota got the 3-1 win to split the day 1-1. One one. Shelby Sunseri threw a two-hit shutout in LSU's 3-0 win over South Alabama. Two-run double in the second lifts Louisiana over UAB 2-0 in the first game of a doubleheader. Alexa Langeliers and forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, had a double, two homers, and six RBIs as part of a huge game for Louisiana in a 23-0 five-inning win over UAB in that second game where they scored five or six runs in every single inning at the plate. Haley Dulcini threw a six-hit shutout of Clemson in Texas's 4-0 win. So... Uh, absolutely monster. <coughs> Excuse me. Absolutely monster win for Texas over Clemson. Um, but then later that night, Texas suffered a letdown in their six to four loss to the host team, Florida Gulf Coast, after beating Clemson earlier in the day. And kudos to Florida Gulf Coast. Good for them for being able to absolutely pick up. But like I was saying, you got to give credit to Florida Gulf Coast for playing a very good game and taking down a top 10 team. Quite arguably the biggest win Florida Gulf Coast has ever had, so kudos to the Eagles. Catherine Sandercock threw a five-hit, eight-strikeout shutout as Florida State took down Kennesaw, Kennesaw State 4 nothing. Kylie Halverson hit a home run in the top of the 10th to lift South Dakota State over Northern Iowa 2-1 in the 10 innings. Tori Tori Knichi threw 13 strikeouts during this game as well. But Macy Johnson's home run in 5 RBIs as well as 9 team walks led Drake past South Dakota State 11-4 later that night. So South Dakota State's triumph was short-lived, shall we say. Jade Sines walked it off for Troy in their 2-1 win over Southern Illinois. Leanna Johnson had 11 strikeouts to add to that effort in that game. 
So Leanna Johnson picking up where she left off. Tiari Jennings hit two more home runs and grabbed four more RBIs in Oklahoma's 5-0 win over Loyola Marymount. Nicole May had 10 strikeouts in Oklahoma's 9-0 five-inning win over Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State didn't have a great weekend against the top five teams that they played. Alana Walter threw an eight-strikeout shutout in Stanford's 1-0 win over San Diego State. In a wild back-and-forth affair, Bree Roper's sack fly drove in that winning in the winning run in the top of the seventh to lift Ole Miss past Cal State Fullerton 6-5. So Cal State Fullerton's have in an, had an up-and-down opening weekend, but they ultimately weren't able to get past Ole Miss. And now we move on to Saturday. So to kick off Saturday... Anna Holloway hit a walk-off three-run homer to give Notre Dame the 8 nothing six-inning win over Boston University. And boss, simply put, Boston University just couldn't pull off the same magic that they could as Friday. Bailey Vinoy hit a three-run walk-off homer to lift Charlotte past Boston University 4-1 to in the ninth inning. Needless to say, Boston University had a very rough weekend, and I don't think it's going to get any easier in week two, if I looked at their schedule correctly. Um, let me just look at it real quick. I'll pull it up here. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get any easier playing Georgia twice, or Purdue, or Delaware, for, even for that matter. So... Um, We'll see what they can do. Uh, but Lauren Johnson picked up five RBIs in Kentucky's 11-3 five-inning win over Iowa. Really expected more out of Iowa in this game, but kudos to Kentucky. Despite being out-hit 11-2, the Lancers of Cal Baptist stayed with Oklahoma State but ultimately couldn't pull off the upset of the season thus far in a 3-1 defeat. I was really hoping for this upset because it would have been crazy and absolutely monster, but wasn't in the cards. After being shut out for five innings, Valerie Cagle hit a two-run homer in the sixth to walk it off and give Clemson the eight-to-nothing six-inning win over LIU or Long Island. However, they, they I've been seeing them said as Long Island, so however they prefer. Uh, but Lindy Ray Davis drove in the winning run in the top of the eighth as Georgia took down Minnesota 5-4 to four in eight innings. Uh, Autumn Pease pitched every single pitch for Minnesota in that game, so that's got to be a tough loss for her, knowing how good she can be. Um, so that's unfortunate for Minnesota, but Georgia picked up another solid win. San Diego jumped out to the early 5-0 lead and held on to take down Ole Miss 5-2. This might be the upset of the weekend, in my opinion, outside of Florida Gulf Coast over Texas, but I didn't see the Toreros taking down Ole Miss. That just didn't seem like a thing that could happen. Cheyenne Lindsey's Grand Slam... And Lexi Delbray, who is a freshman, by the way, 
her complete game shutout combined to give the Florida Gators the 4 nothing win over Michigan. One thing can be said, freshmen stepped up this week. Um, they stepped into their first games of collegiate action, and they showed out in some, in some cases, as been highlighted through some of these games that I'm recapping here for you. Um, but it's just it's just crazy how much the freshmen are having an impact this early in the season. Um, now we'll see if they can keep it up as we go throughout. But uh, Danielle Williams, twelve strikeouts, led Northwestern past Liberty eight to two. Like I said, rough week for Liberty. Tennessee went down to Florida International or FIU three to nothing in the first, but quickly rallied to get the four to three win at FIU to give them the one seed in that tournament. Ultimately, the game on Sun, the games on Sunday were canceled at that tournament because of weather. Um, but Megan Shoreman threw a 12 strikeout, two hit shutout in Louisiana's five to nothing win over North Texas. Alessia Ranchez's grand slam led Iowa State past South Dakota State eight to three. Jada Cody's double home run, four RBIs, led Central Florida past Fresno State six to one. KK Esparza's homer in the second was the only run in Ole Miss's one to nothing win over Cal. Again, Ole Miss playing very tight games. It's really quite intriguing and fascinating to see what Ole Miss does moving forward. Georgina Cork, great pitcher at South Florida, fired 11 strikeouts to lead South Florida to a massive win over Michigan, 4-1. Georgina Cork also set the American Conference record for strikeouts in that game, so congratulations to her. She's an absolutely fantastic pitcher and one that uh, the nation should be keeping up with throughout the season. Shelby Sinceri and Georgia Clark combined for four home runs and six RBIs to lead LSU past South Alabama 8-1. Montana Fouts hurled 14 strikeouts in a 5-1 win over Oregon State before the Alabama's massive showdown with Arizona. And then Alabama smashed five home runs as they obliterated Arizona out in Arizona. 11 to nothing in five innings to firmly plant them as the number two team in the nation. Which is crazy. I thought Montana Fouts would have been saved for Arizona, but I was wrong and it worked out just fine. Turns out Alabama might, it might be Alabama Oklahoma National Championship Series, but we'll have to let it all play out. I think it's a little bit early to, I think it's a little early in week two to be assessing that this early uh, but Kelsey Brown had two big RBI singles plus Keely Rochard's 11 strikeouts were able to lead Virginia Tech to the 4-3 win over Missouri again another big win for Virginia Tech Jaylee Engelkiss's double down the left field line in the top of the 7th is the nail in the coffin as Central Arkansas upset LSU in Baton Rouge 3-2 and Central Arkansas has been so close to beating LSU in recent years. 
they were finally able to get the job done. So kudos to the Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas. Fantastic that y'all got the win over LSU finally. Jordy Ball threw 14 strikeouts and shut down the UCLA offense in Oklahoma's 4-1 win, which was a Women's College World Series-worthy game. Which, if Oklahoma can beat UCLA, they might have a hard time losing at all this season, in all honesty. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how their pursuit of perfection goes. Haley Dulcini had 12 strikeouts as Texas avenged their loss to Florida Gulf Coast with a 10-2 six-inning win. Grace Glasner's nine strikeouts led South Dakota State past Northern Iowa for the second time on the weekend in a 9-3 win. So in a matchup of two preseason conference champions out of the Summit League and the Missouri Valley, the Summit League preseason champion South Dakota State, um, came through in the clutch. The Jackrabbits are a mid-major team that you wouldn't want to see. Um, I, Tori Kanishi is a very great pitcher that I'm pretty sure not a lot of people at, know about at all. So I'm trying to put her on the map a little bit here for you to be able to keep up with her. April Visser is the hero as uh, she hit a walk-off to lift UNLV past Hawaii in a wild 12-11 8-inning affair. Macy Birdie Shaw's 13 strikeouts led North Alabama past St. Louis in a 6-2 win. Only reason I bring it up is because of the number of strikeouts. Anytime you go over 10 strikeouts, I think that's pretty noteworthy. Duke Cruz passed Utah 11-2 before their big showdown with Arizona State. Alexis Bishop's Grand Slam led uh, lifted Cal past Cal State Fullerton 7-3. Again, Cal State Fullerton played close to a good team, a, good, a Power 5 team, but ultimately they just didn't get the W. Bailey Klinger's Grand Slam was a big reason why Washington took down Arkansas 10-5. Again, Washington picking up two wins over Arkansas, very big. In a wild back-and-forth affair, Christiana Watson's two-run homer walks it off as Arizona State takes down Duke 8-7. So, day after Duke takes down Oklahoma State, Arizona State takes down Duke... It's one of those revolving door type of situations where top teams are taking down each other. Um, but enough with Saturday. We move on to Sunday. And kicking off Sunday, Alex Duraco fired off 13 strikeouts to lead Michigan past Kansas City 2 to nothing. Megan Dre, the former US, uh, North Carolina Tar Heel, hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the sixth. That was the final blow as Minnesota took down Fresno State 7-3. Illinois scored three runs in the top of the eighth to hand LSU their second straight loss in a 5-2 eight-inning win. Again, LSU, they're still pretty young, but they're, they just need time to gel. And I think we'll see that maturation throughout this season. And LSU, I don't know if they'll be... 
uh, regional, super regional host, but they will at least be a uh, regional host. Uh, but Georgia Clark's single in the bottom of the sixth helped LSU to avoid another loss to Central Arkansas in a 2-1 to win. Again, Central Arkansas is a very dangerous team <laughs> to, as a mid-major. Certainly one that people should be taking a closer look at, closer eye on as the season moves forward, for sure. Notre Dame demolished Charlotte 16-1 to in five innings thanks to Peyton Tidd shutting down the Charlotte offense, as well as her two doubles, home run, and four RBIs. So Peyton Tidd had an absolutely fantastic day on Sunday against Charlotte, and that's huge because Charlotte's offense is no joke with Bailey Van Noy, Lindsey Wall, Jasper, and others of the sort um, but Notre Dame was able to pick up a very good win in my opinion and then Jenna Perez shut down Mississippi State with 11 strikeouts to lead Loyola Marymount past them 5-3 to three. another reason why I said Mississippi State had a very rough weekend um, but they have a chance to redeem themselves this week Without Georgina Cork in the circle, South Florida struggled to replicate the magic from their win over Michigan on Saturday in their 12-0 loss to Florida. Honestly, I don't know why. I, I get that teams are now moving towards more rotations than solely aces, but I think you have to start your best pitchers in the biggest games. I, it just makes sense to me that you should have your best pitchers facing the best opposition. Now, I guess it's, I mean, the game's changing very quickly. Relying more and more on um, rotations and things of that sort. But I, I think the day of the ace is still not dead just yet. But Cal had a walk-off bunt, believe it or not, to get past uh, Colorado State in a 2-1 to nine-inning win. Celeste Woods, three doubles and eight RBIs, including the walk-off double in the 12th, mind you, lift Tulsa past UAB 13-12 to in the 12th inning in arguably the best game. I will make the argument this is the best game of the weekend and especially since it's one that nobody probably saw or even really cared about outside of Tulsa and UAB fans. Um, that, I mean, come on. A person has eight RBIs. That's absolutely fascinating to watch. They're having a hell of a day. Um... And what I wouldn't give to have seen that game in person. Because I would have loved to have been able to follow the stats of that game in person. Uh, Jaden DeWitt's three-run homer in the bottom of the sixth was the only offense South Dakota needed to get the upset over Wichita State. Three to nothing. Another surprising result, as I expected Wichita State to be certainly up there towards the upper tier of teams in the nation, but 
you know, it's early season. We're still figuring things out. Some of these things happen. Pinch hitter Meredith Slaw hit a grand slam to lift Virginia Tech over Kentucky 6-1 to to start the season 5-0. Again, like I said, Virginia Tech well on their way to hosting a regional and super regional at this point. Um, but there's plenty of time for things to still fall apart, obviously, as we're only <laughs> February 16th at this point. Ashley Miller, freshman at, uh, well, she's technically a sophomore at Michigan State. Uh, through the third perfect game in Michigan State history as they got the 6 nothing win over Akron down at the Northern Lights Southern Knights tournament. Frankie Hamoudi hit 12, uh, bleh, bleh, excuse me, hit two homers and had seven RBIs as Oregon State steamrolled New Mexico State 12 to nothing in five innings. Missouri holds off Liberty in the 7th to salvage the weekend, in my eyes, with a 6-5 win. Now, like I said, Liberty's 0-5. Well, at that point, they would be have been 0-4. Um, but they're playing basically top 25 teams every game. So, it's hard to expect perfection from them at this point. Um... Uh, but Kendra Lamb threw a 10 strikeout no hitter as Louisiana down Tulsa, Tulsa 8 to nothing in 5 innings. She was a walk away from a perfect game, which is sad because, you know, you're so close to history. Uh, but, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Arizona got a narrow win over New Mexico 1 to nothing to finish the weekend on a mild note, I'll say. North Carolina finished the weekend 4-0 with an 8-3 win over South Carolina. Looks like the addition of Sarah Jubis to their infield and lineup, plus the addition of volunteer assistant coach Odyssey Alexander is paying off dividends here early for North Carolina, and I look forward very much to seeing what they can accomplish with this North Carolina Tar Heel team as we move through the season. Drake scored... Uh, yeah, this is still Sunday. Uh, Drake scored three runs in the top of the seventh to come back and take down Iowa State 7-6. to six. Good win for Drake. Another good win for Drake. Sia Swain's 17 strikeouts weren't, uh, were enough to hold off Northern Iowa as Iowa State got the win 5-4. to four. And then... Last night, um, on Tuesday night, Kama Woodall and John Amancha combined to help Central Florida pass Liberty in a 3 to nothing win, thus making Liberty 0-5. So some surprises on the weekend. BYU wasn't as strong as I thought they should have been. Ole Miss came out sort of flat. Um, LSU didn't look as great as they should. Illinois looked great. Virginia Tech looked great, but that wasn't surprising as much to me. Um, that's pretty much my big takeaways from week one, so let's go ahead and look at the week two schedule. Starting tonight, or Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, tonight, whatever. 
uh, Missouri at Florida Gulf Coast. I want to see if Florida Gulf Coast can replicate their magic that they did against Texas on their home field against Missouri. McNeese State at Texas. McNeese has been known to give Power 5 and top mid-level or mid-major teams a fight in the past. South Alabama at Florida State. Same thing can be said of South Alabama and Olivia Lackey in the circle. I want to see what the, uh, they're going to do at Florida State. That game will be on ACC Network at 2 o'clock. And then a doubleheader between Troy and UAB at UAB. Two decent mid-majors. I want to see how that plays out. On Thursday, you got BYU at Stanford. I want to see if BYU can shrug, shrug off uh, last weekend and get that uh, get a good win over Stanford. Minnesota at Arizona State's a very interesting matchup that I am very excited to look out for. Uh, same with Wichita State at Arkansas. And then Oregon at Texas State. On Friday, Oregon State, South Dakota State. I want to see what South Dakota State can do against the Power 5 opponent. Illinois, Wichita State. Illinois had a very great first weekend, and Wichita State had a surprising loss, in my opinion. So I want to see what those two look like going against each other. Illinois will also be playing at Arkansas. Interested to see how that one plays out. Illinois has already beaten LSU or an SEC team on their field. Can they do it again this weekend? Missouri State at Texas A&M. Missouri State has very quietly had a very solid first weekend. I want to see what they can do at an SEC team. Boston University tries again. I mentioned it earlier at Georgia. Missouri against South Alabama. Interested to see how those two match up against each other. Missouri will also play North Carolina down in the spring games in Leesburg, Florida. I want to see if UNC can stay undefeated against Missouri. Duke at Florida is a very huge game, and I'm looking forward to watching that on Friday. Oregon at Baylor play a doubleheader on Friday which should be very entertaining. Quite possibly the high, one of the highlight matchups of the weekend, Virginia Tech at Alabama. That's a top 10 showdown. Looking forward to seeing a Keeley Rochard versus a Montana Fouts matchup. UConn at Charlotte. I mentioned UConn earlier. Charlotte had a very disappointing end to their weekend against Notre Dame. Can they rebound at home and take down UConn, who I think is a very decent chance to win this game? Iowa-South Dakota State. Again, South Dakota State want to see what they're doing. And Central Arkansas at Mississippi State. If Central Arkansas can go to LSU and win, I very easily think they can go to Mississippi State and win. Saturday. And these don't include the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. I'll get to that here in just a minute. Saturday, Minnesota at Arizona State again. Wichita State at Arkansas again. James Madison enters the chat enters the chat this week. Uh, they'll play their first game against UConn. 
Again, I want to see that matchup. UConn beat JMU in Harrisonburg two years ago, literally the week before the season was canceled. Or the rest of the season was canceled. And then James Madison at Charlotte. want to see what two preseason champions do in their games against each other. Uh, Kentucky at Arizona, another great matchup this weekend. I think Kentucky will win, but I don't want to get ahead of myself just yet. Uh, Boston University of Georgia again. Oregon at Baylor finished their three-week uh, game weekend series. Virginia Tech at Alabama again. That one may be the Virginia Tech's number two. Emma Limley takes on... Uh, takes on Alabama's number two, Lexi Kilfoyle. Maybe. I don't know how they're going to go, but I'm very intrigued to see it. George Washington at UNCG. More preseason conference champions going against each other. Looking forward to it. Another Central Arkansas at Mississippi State. Ole Miss at Troy. Don't overlook that game, for sure. Um, Troy, with Leanna Johnson in the circle, can certainly give Ole Miss a fight and beat them if things go their way. And BYU-Seattle. I don't think Seattle gets enough love. Um, and they very well could beat BYU. I could see that happening, but we'll see. Sunday, Oregon State-Iowa. Illinois at Arkansas again. Liberty-South Alabama. I want to see um, Liberty rebound, if they can rebound this weekend, get a winning record this weekend. Minnesota Cal, JMU UConn again, and George Washington at UNCG again. And then Monday, Utah Sandy at San Diego. After seeing what San Diego did this weekend against, uh, who, who, oh God, who was it? Um... After San Diego took down Ole Miss, I'm interested to see if they're able to take down a Pac-12 foe in Utah on their home field. Very intrigued. Um, but moving on to the big daddy of them all, the St. Pete Clear Elite, the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational down in Florida. Thursday. Starts, the tournament starts with Notre Dame, Tennessee, ESPNU, Texas Tech, Auburn, SEC Network, Central Florida, Wisconsin, ESPNU, Texas Tech, Clemson on ACC Network, Tennessee, Florida State on ESPNU, and Wisconsin, Notre Dame on ESPN+. Friday, Michigan, Oklahoma State on ESPNU. Very much looking forward to that game. Northwestern, Texas Tech, ESPN Plus, Auburn, Wisconsin, ESPN Plus, Washington, Tennessee, ES, uh, SEC Network. Interested to see that one too. Gabby Plain versus Ashley Rogers. UCLA, Northwestern, ESPN Plus, Texas, Florida State on F, uh, ESPNU. That should be another fun one. I mean, really, these all all these matchups are fun for me. Um, 
But uh, South Florida, Notre Dame, ACC Network, I want to see Georgina Cork against either Alexis Holloway or Peyton Tidd in the circle. Central Florida, Michigan, ESPN Plus, LSU, Oklahoma State on ESPNU. I think Oklahoma State will win that, but you never know what can happen. Auburn, Texas on the Longhorn Network. Uh, use, uh, Central Florida, Texas Tech, ESPN Plus. Tennessee, Clemson on ESPN Plus, And Washington, LSU on ESPN Plus. Essentially have ESPN Plus. Because not every game's on TV this time. But Saturday, UCLA, Auburn, ESPNU, Notre Dame, LSU, SEC Network. Tennessee, Central Florida, ESPN Plus, Northwestern, Clemson, ACC Network. Michigan, Florida State, ACC Network. That one should be a good one. Uh, Oklahoma State, South Florida, ESPN Plus. Texas Tech, Washington, ESPN Plus. Texas, UCLA on ESPNU. I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, to seeing who's in the circle and these offenses go against each other. Michigan, LSU, ESPN Plus. Wisconsin, Clemson, ESPN Plus. Washington, Oklahoma State, ESPN Plus. And... Central Florida, Texas on Longhorn Network. Sunday, Texas Tech, LSU on SEC Network. Northwestern, Oklahoma uh, well, State on ESPN Plus. Well, uh, Washington, Clemson on ESPNU. Notre Dame, Texas, ESPN Plus. I believe they just announced Wisconsin, UCLA has been pushed onto TV. Um, but let me make sure I got that right here. Wisconsin and uh, UCLA game on Sunday will now be on ESPNU, not ESPN Plus at noon, so that's great. Um, Auburn, South Florida, ESPN Plus, Central Florida, Florida State, ESPN Plus, South Florida, Wisconsin, ESPN Plus, and, uh, and the uh, premier game of the weekend. UCLA Florida State will has been moved from ESPN2 to ESPN. So all the eyeballs should be of college softball should be on that UCLA Florida State game on Sunday night at 7. Very much looking forward to this tournament. Um, I look forward to it every year. It's one of the greatest in-season tournaments that we have like the Mary Nutter which is next weekend which we'll get into next week um, but ESPN has done a great job with this tournament and I look forward to seeing what they do with it this year and for years to come that having been said let's move on to our last thing topic of the evening stat leaders individual stat leaders Haley Lee of Texas A&M leads the nation in batting average with a .818 right now. Nicole May of Oklahoma, third in the nation in strikeouts per seven innings with 14.4. Alex Throcko of Michigan is fourth with 14.2. Addison Barnard of Mich Wichita State and Carmen Greenwood of Louisville are tied for second in runs per game at 2.2. 
Freshman Olivia Johnson of Washington leads the nation in slugging with a 1.8 right now. Another freshman at Alabama, Megan Bloodworth, is second with a 1.7. Haley Lee leads the nation in on-base percentage, 0.889. Olivia Johnson, second, 0.833. Addison Barnard leads the nation in stolen bases per game with 1.8. Sammy Reynolds of Washington is leads the nation in doubles with five. Abby Sweet of Notre Dame tied for second and hits with 11. Lexi Delbray, the freshman at Florida, is first in hits allowed per seven innings with .84. Blake Nelliman of Georgia Tech tied for fourth in that category at 1.17. Tiari Jennings of Oklahoma tied for the lead nation lead with four home runs. Addison Barnard and Megan Bloodworth are tied for third with three home runs. Alex Duraco leads the nation in strikeouts with 40. Keely Rochard of Virginia Tech second with 34. And Peyton Gottschall of Bowling Green is third with 33. Lastly, for individual stat leaders, Lauren Johnson of Kentucky leads the nation in triples with three already. That crazy to me. The, the amount of speed that you have to have to have three triples are in one weekend is just absolutely ridiculous. But moving on to team stat leaders. Last thing I have for the night. Florida State leads the nation in batting average .474. Louisiana second .45. Notre Dame third .425. Auburn 4th, .424, and Washington is 5th with a .414. Excuse me. Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Florida State lead the nation in the ERA with 0. Florida is 4th with a .25. Alabama leads the nation in home runs per game through the first week at 2.5 per game. Duke is 2nd with 2.4. Wichita State's third with 2.2. Syracuse leads the nation in scoring runs per game right now with 12. Auburn second with 10. And North Dakota State and Notre Dame are tied at, for third at 9.8. Louisiana and Auburn are first in the nation in slug percentage with a .814. Alabama third, .792. Florida State fourth, .784. And Notre Dame's fifth with a .746. 29 teams remain unbeaten and perfect through the first week. Uh, we'll see how that number changes and evolves. Uh, adding some teams and some undefeated teams go down this week. We'll see how that number changes. Uh, but Alabama leads the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio with 33. Auburn is third with a 16.67. Drake leads the nation in walks with 37. North Dakota State is second at 34. Iowa State third, 32. Nebraska fourth, 31. And Troy is fifth at 30. And lastly, Florida State leads the nation on base percentage, .526. BYU is second with .521 which is very surprising for me given how their week went but anyway 
South Carolina's fourth point five oh four and Washington is fifth point five oh three. So that's everything I have for you this week. Uh, recapping the first week and giving you a look ahead to my games that you should be watching on week two. Um, watch as much of the ESPN Elite. Uh, watch as much of that e tournament down in ESP uh, down in Florida with ESPN. Um, it's one of the great tournaments of the season, and. It's certainly worth monitoring and seeing all these high-profile matchups this early in the season. Um, and it can better inform you to how things might look come late in May, uh, early June. Um, so watch as much of that St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational on the ESPN networks as you can. Um... Just watch that Virginia Tech-Alabama two-game series, two games this weekend. Kentucky-Arizona, you got to keep up with that one. Um, there's a ton of great games out there, and you should try to get to watch as many of them as you can. Um, I hope you had a great week, a uh, great first week of the college softball season, whether or Division One college softball season. Uh, whether you're into the sport or not, I hope you had a great week nonetheless. And I hope you have a great week moving forward as we shift into week two and to start getting more and more teams involved as we start turning away from winter, turning more towards spring. And things start looking up with more uh, softball as we go. Um College baseball also starts this weekend, so it's great to see the two sports together this weekend. Um, but certainly watch as much softball as you can across the ESPN networks. Um, that's all I have for you this week. Enjoy the softball this week. I will be watching a lot of the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational this weekend. Um, but... Until next week, have a great week, everybody, and I will get back uh, in touch with you again next week. This is, That is all from the Around the Bases podcast for this week. See you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.